I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm all right. You catch us up. How has the past couple of weeks in this crazy new reality been treating you? Um, you know, <laughs> it's been interesting. Ola is really struggling. So she is seven and like on the one hand as a parent I'm kind of like your life is just exactly the same what's the problem but of course it's not exactly the same she's really missing her friends and she's missing school and so that has been really challenging to manage because it's not showing up in the ways I would have expected but it's making parenting difficult and juggling that alongside work and I accepted some sponsored work from TikTok which has been an emotional mental challenge for me to just get out of my comfort zone again and be new so it's it's been I'm kind of seeing it as like a really good learning experience for me. It's been painful, but I've, I think I've done a lot of good thought work that's hopefully going to make me more resilient in future. Yeah, it's like there's no guidebook right now, like how to support your child and yourself through a world health pandemic. No, no, someone needs to write that. I will buy it. <laughs> but could anyone actually write that is what I'm curious about. Like, I don't think so. I don't think so because everyone's different as well, right? And yeah, what all I needed three weeks ago is not what she needs right now. And it's probably not what she'll need in three weeks time. How about you though? How are you doing? I'm good. Like I... Because my weeks look the same as they did beforehand in terms, like I have a, I have a very structured week. Like I have certain days when I coach and then I have other days where I like sleep and do other things. <laughs> so my business wise, things feel really just quite normal in a way that feels good. Like it's just, I'm just doing my normal weeks and I'm just, you know, obviously my conversations with my clients, you, you know, either, either how they're responding to coronavirus is at the heart of the conversation or it's just part of what's shaping their mindset and their perspective at the moment. Mm. But that's, you know, just the reality of how life is. So it's there in the work, but it's not, I'm doing okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm pregnant and I'm tired. And a hard time to be pregnant, I think. Yeah. But, um, but then I'm saying, as I said, in the last episode is, um, it's also a nice like distraction, and but the, if I'm being honest, the things I've struggled with is nothing probably to do with the pandemic. It's just like having a flare up of symptoms or like being tired or having like pregnancy anxiety. So I, I do just feel like I have some clients who say to me at the moment, they're like, Jen, I feel bad for how okay I am. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I kind of relate like in terms of the like lockdown, lockdowns, my, like I love being at home. <laughs> so like I miss my friends and my family and I dropped off some food for my mum yesterday and I put it in front of her house and she just waved to me from the window and I almost burst into tears when I, I can't explain it. Like there was something so like weird about that, about like not being able to even hear my mum's voice, if that makes any sense. Yeah, there's just those moments when it really hits you and then we yeah. kind of carry on, don't we, and feel reasonably yeah. normal. Yeah, but I'm I'm doing okay. I think it's just, you take it a week. I'm really trying to just take it all a week at a time. Like I'm trying to not make any predictions for what next week will be like in terms of internally and also the external world. I'm just, that's how I'm trying, that's how I'm trying to get through it is just kind of surrendering to the fact that this is on a world scale, it's going to be what it's going to be. It doesn't care what I want from it. It's just going to unfold how it's going to unfold. And, you know, the thing I try to remind myself, like people's health and safety is paramount here. So that's got to be like whatever has to happen to facilitate that 
I just, I have to, I want to still, in, I don't want to look back and feel like I didn't, that this year was just like the worst year of my life because I was stuck home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it is, it's that guilt when you enjoy it and then misery when you don't. There's <laughs> like no good options in that combination. Yeah. But I told you this at the top of the call, my highlight of the week <laughs> is that TGI Fridays open up for like socially distanced click and collect. And I can't tell you, like, having two portions of my favourite TGI Friday's <laughs> dish, which you're allowed to do when you're pregnant because I'm eating for two. No, I'm going to be honest, I did this before I was even pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Was the highlight of my week. So what's the highlight of your week? Last night, we... So our local pub has started doing chicken Thursdays and Fridays where they just make, like, buckets of fried chicken and chips that you can go and collect. Amazing. And we sat out with our neighbours, Amelia's. They've got, like, this big, really long balcony. So we sat at either ends of the balcony with a bottle of wine each and we ate chicken out of a bucket each <laughs> and watched the sun go down and it was just like all I said to me after she was like it's the first time I've been able to remember what it feels like to be happy oh and there was a special moon heart. last night the flower moon there was, was and beautiful. it was the eight o'clock um everyone cheering for the NHS which you can hear because we're like in a valley so you can see across the hills and it really mm-hmm echoed around and it was kind of magical to hear that as well yeah I love how both of our highlights of the week have in- included chicken of course, like food. It's gonna, it was always going to be something fried, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> shall we jump into today's question? Yes, let's do it. Okay, this is sent in from Alicia and she says, I started pottery a year ago and I recently launched an Etsy shop to sell the work that was piling up in my wardrobe unused. It's a hobby that I really enjoy and if I could make it my primary source of income, that would be amazing, except I have no expectation that will ever happen. I currently work a nine to five office job that I'm very disillusioned with and so opening my shop felt like a step in the right direction. However, whenever people congratulate me on the shop, I tend to talk myself down and say, I just want to get rid of my work piling up and I'm not that good at it and they're only congratulating me because they're family and friends. I seem to be shooting myself in the foot where on one hand I want this as my full-time work while telling everyone it's just a hobby. I seem to be not giving myself permission to do this and I don't know why. Is it because I lack the confidence in myself or just because I'm not a person who likes to talk myself up? And that lends to another separate question. How do I promote my business when I don't like to talk about myself as I see that as being self-centered? My cousin owns her own business and has no problem telling the world anything about herself, whether that's her business or what she had for breakfast that morning. I'm just not that sort of person. And is that going to determine the success of my venture? This is a really good one. I think there's probably quite a lot in here that people will relate to, even if their circumstances look quite different. Mm -hmm. What did you think of when you first read it? My first instinct was like complete compassion because everything Alicia shared was just human. Do you know what I mean? Like all these layers that really show up when we're trying to do anything new or scary or self-started in the world like when you're following like like if you if you go for a job and you get that job and you work in like an an organization with systems that have existed for years that's scary in its own way but like starting your own thing from scratch it's taking up a particular type of space in the world that I think is scary for everyone but it's especially scary I think if you've if you've if you're the kind of person and I think we both can relate to this who wonders like who the hell am I to take up space and I'm not good enough and no one actually cares like if you if you've got all those thoughts and feelings swirling around your brain it's really hard to separate that from the dreams and the desires they kind of just become like one big noise and then you feel paralyzed and can't do anything 
And a lot of the time, if you're that kind of person, you've basically got zero practice at showing up and taking up space because you do kind of what she says she does. Like she sees it as self-centered. So she censors herself and she doesn't let herself take up space, even on social media or like promoting her work. So then it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy where you never take up space or you never believe you're, you're allowed to or there's, that there's even space for you. Yeah, I also think it's really unhelpful when we think, when we look at people who like, you know, who are really confident or real go-getters and they feel so different to how we are and how we see ourselves in the world, we think like, well, if I can't be them, I can't do anything. Yeah. Or we say like, I have to be like them. I have to get to their level before I can take action. And in reality, what I've learned from my own journey and from lots of my clients is just we just have to do it like piece by piece by piece. Like we we expand our capacity for what we allow for ourselves piece by piece by piece. Like it's okay to feel like this. A client asked me this week, she was shared like, Jen, like I've got this mindset block that's getting in the way of me making this step forward in my journey. And I said to her, I was like, just because you have a, like having a mindset block and taking action in the face of that are actually two separate things. But we tell ourselves that the, we, we actually think it's a block instead of just something to work with. Does that make any sense? Yeah, well, and that was the thing that really stood out to me about that letter is she's telling us lots of things that I think she thinks are just facts Mm -hmm. and they're all really thoughts like, I'm just not that kind of person. I talk myself down. I've got no expectations. Like, they're all optional thoughts. She's choosing to believe all of these things about her business and herself. And sometimes we create these labels for ourselves and then create evidence for them being true and we get really stuck behind them. But I think you're right, like... Sometimes it's a question of of saying, okay, like I believe it's self-centered to promote my business, but I'm also going to find ways to promote my business that feel okay to me. Well, I think it's always problematic when we create a story too much around what someone else is doing. Does that make any sense? Like, yes. Like if the example of how her cousin is running her business is becoming Alicia's kind of point of reference that's really limiting for her because that's just one person. And an exercise I get a lot of my clients to do when they're kind of figuring out how they want to show up in their business. And I say, think of three people who show up in their business in a way that really resonates with you in the way they do it. And think of three people who, even if you respect and like their work, the way they show up doesn't resonate with you in the way you want to show up in the world. And what that does is gives you a frame of reference. It helps you sense check what feels true for you. And then you can kind of find your version within it. And it's just telling me that for today's letter writer, the way her cousin shows up is on her, like, no thank you list. And that's okay. But if we're on, if she's only looking at her cousin and thinking that's the only way, that's limiting so much what she be- can believe is possible for her. So I, I wonder for Alicia if there's a little bit of like expanding her view of A, what's possible, B, what she's capable of, and C, coming at this from a different lens because maybe the current lens isn't serving her. What do you think? Totally. And like the thing I always come back to whenever we're doing that comparison game is like, you're not getting the full story. You're getting the 1% on social media. A cousin, for all she knows, could absolutely hate showing up like that, but also think it's the only way possible. Or could have used to hate it and has gradually like evolved to get to that place or could be making none of the sales or it's a bit like when people set their pricing based on what their competitors are charging, but you've no idea if they've got a successful business that works for them. So it always has to start with what feels right and feels good for us. And there are so many examples of people who are creating successful businesses or brands without putting, you know, their whole world online. It shouldn't be an either or situation. Yeah, completely. Because there's layers here. There's the internal layer of how today's letter writer is mentally treating herself and her business because she calls it both a business 
and a hobby. Yeah. So there's a bit of a separation there of what she's allowing for herself. And then there's a second question of how does she show up? She's, what she's asking herself is like, am I the kind of person who's capable of running a business? And the answer, I remember once I was on, interviewed on a podcast and the podcast interviewer asked me, I think it was like the last question. She was like, do you think everyone is capable of being a business owner, an entrepreneur? Mm. And I, I understand where that question comes from because I think there's a lot of belief around like what it takes to be an entrepreneur and what it doesn't. And I remember my answer was something like, I have to believe that everyone is capable of it because I was capable of it and I wasn't born an entrepreneur. And I think it's just, it's a choice. Like some people are more entrepreneurially minded. Do you know what I mean? Like they'll they'll see an opportunity everywhere and they might kind of have that energy, but that's kind of, that's really looking at like an old school, very masculine lens of what entrepreneurship is. And some people are raised in a way that immediately like makes them believe it's possible or like their life experience get, gives them that head start. But Completely. again, that's not who you are. But I think we all are capable of growing into something defined in our own terms if we want to. That's my been my journey in my business is that I didn't start this feeling like someone who was very confident or someone who like... I'm like super introverted and don't love taking up space in the world. And what I found happens, and I see this so much with my clients, is like you go on a journey of becoming the business owner you want to be. And you go on a journey of like defining for yourself what that role is and really learning your boundaries and your values. And I say this for today's letter writer and for anyone else listening, if you're relating to what she asked and what she shared is... If you have a dream for your own business, whatever the dream is for that, if you have an idea of something you want to put out into the world, but you're telling yourself, oh, I'm not capable because I don't behave like X, Y, or Z does, that just means that you need to find and define your own path for how to do it. And there's an abundance of examples of that. You might just be looking in the loudest areas and that's not the only way to do it. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. And this is why I always say like business for me has been almost like therapy because it has an uncanny way of making you really face up to these things and making you ask that question of like, do I genuinely believe that I don't deserve to take up space in the world or am I just afraid to take up space in the world? And then dealing with your answer and kind of seeing it through to its end. So it kind of, everything will rear its head and it can get uncomfortable, but it's also so amazing the growth that you have as a human kind of outside of being a business owner so that your realm of possibility by the end is so much bigger yeah and I think it's two things are true here at the same time that we get to make space for our humanity in our business so we get to put our needs on the table with our business and our values and and really honor what we need and also at the same time our business is separate from us Like it's like sometimes the business will ask something of us as like the employee and CEO of our business, not us as the human. And we, if we build a business that's aligned with our values and who we are, it'll never ask something of us that we aren't willing to give because we're setting the boundaries of that. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. I think it's really fascinating actually about this letter is all of the stuff that Alicia gave us as problems was all about her. So often in business, it's the other way around and we hear letters of people Mm. saying nobody's buying or like people are unsubscribing or I don't know if there's customers but all of the barriers that she's seeing right now are all internal and I think that that really suggests that this is some like the perfect work for her to be doing right now like leaning into this business and testing out all of these things and figuring out like who she is and what she really wants in the world and and what how she really wants to show up as a creative and as a business owner and as a human is going to be so like transformational for her. Yeah, I mean, I I see over and over again how walking this road can really be such a beautiful discovery process as a human being to, like, isn't it 
amazing as a human being when you tell yourself you're not capable of something, but you try anyway. And then you see that you are capable of more than you even knew, but you also see that you were allowed to do it on your own terms all along. Like how much of business, how much of people's time in business is wasted by following terrible advice from people who think that you have to do it their way? Like yes. I think I'm, I'm wondering for our letter writer here today, like how much is she looking at advice around what it means to be a business owner that isn't resonating with her like whether it's just looking at her cousin and being like oh well she takes up space like this so I have to and I think I wonder if Elise needs to be told you can do this a different way like yes a business needs us to show up and be brave in the world and take very intentional action but you don't have to do anything you you don't have to show up as a version of you that isn't true do you know like you don't have to market yourself or share what you had for breakfast if that's not Like you don't have to do anything in a way that doesn't feel right to you. It's just that you have to choose what's the bravest, most aligned path for me. And I think I would just want to give today's letter writer an encouragement to know, like you can just forget about your cousin and the way she runs business. Yes, it's great for her, but it doesn't have to be for you. And you can root yourself instead in how you want to do it. And I've always had this mantra, like I'd much rather fail on my own terms and succeed not like my I don't want to wake up one day with a business that is quote unquote successful but doesn't feel like home to me I'd rather have like a slower gentler simpler business that does feel like home and where I don't feel like it's asking something of me that makes me want to throw up every day and a huge motivation for me has always been like I want to prove what's possible to do it on your own terms and I know like a lot of people resonate with my business because it has always been very human-centered and kind of very much defined by what I do and don't want to be doing within my own business. And like, this is going to be so true for Alicia as well. There'll be somebody who will watch what she does and realize that it's possible for them to do it in their own way as well. And the more that we can kind of spread that chain and keep making these kind of heart-centered business decisions, I really do believe we'll start to shift the landscape. But it kind of needs to start with what she believes because I think if she is telling herself that she is not the right kind of person to do a business, she's going to keep looking for evidence that proves that. And, you know, you said that she's probably consuming a lot of content from people who are telling her how to do it in ways that don't feel good. It's just one of those weird quirks of the human brain that we, if we believe something, we will constantly seek out evidence to prove it. And I wonder if she could shift her belief to like, I have everything I need to be the business owner that I need to be, what evidence she could find to support that instead and who she would seek out in place of it. I had a coaching client this week who everything she talked about within her business was like so-and-so's strategy and -and so-and-so's course. And everything she does within her business is informed by someone else's paid for program that's told Mm. her she has to do it in a certain way. And I ended up being like, I have no sense of who you are in this business. It feels like none of the decisions she's making come from her own intuition or her own belief she's kind of outsourced all of her accountability for her business to these so-called experts who may or may not you know they may have really great stuff to share but I think it's so important for all of us that we keep that connection to our own kind of business acumen and our own instinct and our own beliefs about what's right because otherwise you do end up with this kind of like cobbled together jigsaw of everybody else's idea of business and you can't find yourself in it completely and it's also okay if that confidence and clarity is built like one baby 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 step at a time because we never go from like feeling how Alicia feels to feeling great 
Oh, no. <laughs> like I, I know how overwhelming it feels when you're staring up this big mountain and you're just like, I don't have any of the tools yet that I need. And so we stand at the bottom of the mountain. Whereas sometimes it's like a video game and you, you go to different steps and you pick up the different tools along the way. And you also figure out the, there's no map, like you're figuring out your path along the way. And sometimes you'll pick guides to help you up certain peaks of the mountain. Love that. Yeah. But that's kind of the way it is. And I wonder if Alicia's like, okay, that sounds great. But like, where do I start? I act, I wonder if an if an interesting entry point from her, for her would be to root herself in what the hell she wants in the first place. Yeah. So to, what's her why and her reason? Yeah. Like what's it? Like what's her vision here? What's her dream? What would make her feel really energized by this? Like, why the hell does she want this in the first place? Like a lie. And and if the answer is ever an external answer, that's a that's a sign to go deeper. So if so, for example, your answer is, well, I want to prove to people that I'm capable. That's honest and true, but that is not enough to like the result of that will never keep you, make you happy mm-hmm. because the people we try and prove, we're never going to be able to get their approval <laughs> because we should have had inherent approval with them in the first place. Well, yeah. And you'll also show up in really strange, slightly weird ways because you're trying desperately to like predict in advance how things are going to be received and then imagine their responses and act on those. Exactly. So I think for Alicia, I'm like, can you root yourself in why do I love pottery? Why is pottery something that I don't just want to keep for me, but I want to share with the world? Then root yourself in, I think to know how to build a business that feels aligned, you have to root yourself in what feels true to you in your business. And it's an exploratory process of like, well, how do I want to show up in this work? How do I want to make people feel? How do I want to treat people? What do I want my business to stand for? Like, what relationship do I want my consumers to build with my pottery? And all those things. And then everything else in terms of practical business decisions come from there because then that will tell you, well, this is the goals I'm working towards right now. And this is how I want to show up in my business. So this will tell me, this will give me my permission slip to market myself and take up space in a way that feels aligned with me because you also get to ask yourself, how do I want to feel in my business? And then what's going to happen for Alicia is all her beliefs that are getting in the way are going to come up. And it's like, okay, I said to my client this week who, the one who emailed me with the mental blocks, I was like, okay, why don't you write down all the things that you're believing right now that are getting in the way of you making this change you want to make? And then why don't you sit with each of them and ask yourself, is this true? Like actually face it head on, is it true? And then a follow-up question of, is this something I want to be true in my life? So for example, if Alicia is saying to herself, I'm not capable, like no one will ever care about my work, why am I doing this? That's just a belief. So if she can face it and if she can say to herself, is this actually rooted in truth? And if that question doesn't help, is this something I want to be true for my own life? And I think every single person listening to this podcast can put their hands up and say, they don't want that kind of belief to be true for their life, that they're not capable, that they're not worthy, that they're not able to do what they dream of doing in the world. And I think then you get to say to yourself, what's a step I can take to experiment with how I can move past this? So maybe for something, someone like Alicia, it's something as simple as, like, I've, it sounds like she's put a web, a shop up, like an Etsy shop. So maybe for someone like Alicia, it'd be like, okay, I'm going to set up social media to promote my products, but in a way that feels good to me. Or I'm going to set up a mailing list on my own website. I think we have to get out of the mindset that that we have blocks and then we take concrete action to solve the block. I don't think that's how it ever works. I think it's, we have a block, we face it, we decide 
how who we want to be in the face of that and then we experiment with a way to move past it and it's it's okay if it takes a while to find our way forward what do you think yes completely and i think there's something so powerful in even just recognizing that that's a belief like it's just a thought it's just something that your brain is telling you a story to keep you safe and we we kind of we think there's this like objective truth and that it's true that i am this kind of person and it's true that like someone else is different but i find it so powerful to just like that exercise you said where you get them all down on paper and then you can start to just notice them and you notice it coming up like you think about doing something and your brain straight away says oh no but you know we're not the right kind of person for that like it wants you to stay safe in the cave (laughs) it wants you to not take any risks and that's like to have compassion for your brain and be like oh thank Mm. you like I understand that you want me to be okay but it doesn't mean that you can't do it as well like those two things don't have to you don't have to completely erase the thought before you can find a way forwards but there's a real difference isn't there between like white knuckling and forcing yourself to go ahead against that belief versus like allowing the belief and still working around it to find something that feels okay well I think they're always going to be there like whatever my deepest fears are about myself (laughs) they're still there like if someone could they could very easily be triggered it's just that I try and make a choice every day and some days I'm better than others to to live as you know as with as much courage as I can and to say to myself because the other thing is a lot of my deepest fears are rooted in shit someone else put on me do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it's rooted in the rejection or the judgment or the criticism or the rejection of someone else and I think I didn't choose that life I didn't choose this for myself so much of the burdens we all carry we didn't choose for ourselves it's been put on us by things that are outside of our control and I think that for me has been the most powerful thing when I look at the things that are holding me back in life I didn't choose any of them for myself and there's I'm not a victim to them no one you know I'm not looking at like enemies and anything like that it's more just I try and ask myself what kind of life do I want for myself and do I want a life for myself where I'm being ruled by real like scarcity minded fears or real like stories I tell myself about not being worth anything in the world and it's really you know and that didn't happen overnight a lot of therapy (laughs) and a lot of healing like a lot of just like being someone who didn't show up for themselves and was really really brutally like cruel to themselves and then I hit rock bottom and I was like I can't live like this anymore and I slowly found my way to root for myself and so I, but it comes up all that it'll come up at times when you least expect it and I think it's just it's okay we're human we all have our wounds and it's just we get to choose for ourselves something brighter than that and something better than that and we when we go after it like tiny brave steps at a time and I read someone say something once and it was like you know real meaningful success is like a tiny room where no one's clapping for you but yourself mm. and i i was like nothing's felt more like truth truth for me than that statement cuz i was like you know the the real work it takes to like build a business and build a life we want to live for ourselves like yeah like the money and the it that that's all practical and great like obviously it's good to like make money and pay the bills and to like have people enjoy your work but the real success to me is that tiny room where i was bigger than my wounds that wanted to hold me back if that makes any sense yeah that's the evolution isn't it and that's like the golden truth of, of running a business that you can get to and also like just as humans like we are not really programmed for this we've still got this really primitive brain that thinks that if we stand out from the crowd and we're different and we're criticized by the crowd that that really is dangerous that we might like be left on the serengeti and eaten by a lion on our own 
and that really wants us to conserve all of our energy and all of our resources and only take any sort of risk when it's really absolutely necessary, like to go and get food. So a lot of the time, like, if we just listen to our brains too much, we kind of end up living on this autopilot where we don't take any risks and we don't expand beyond our current situation because our brain is telling us everything it can to just keep us safe. And I feel like we've kind of, as humans, we've we've evolved beyond that. And business is one of those opportunities where we kind of have to stop listening to our brains and start listening to our hearts. And I say this as someone who loves to intellectualize everything and I can like think myself in circles, but sometimes our brain is not going to tell us the right answer. And I guess this is where we need to learn to differentiate between fear and discomfort Mm -hmm. because fear is like, I can't do this. It's too dangerous. It's too risky. Terrible things will happen to me. And discomfort is I'm going to do this. It's going to feel a bit scary, but I'm going to be able to deal with that and move forwards because I know that what my brain is telling me about all the terrible things that will happen are not really true. Yeah, this is why I think rooting into why the hell we want to do this and really knowing that is the most powerful thing here because I think of it like what's fear and what's instinct. And if you say something to me like, I, I'll sometimes say to a client, I'm like, okay, if they're, if they're kind of, the fear's getting in the way of it all, they can't tell the difference between fear and instinct within themselves because that is actually a really hard thing to do as a human being, I find, to know. So the process I walk myself through is, okay, okay, what's my North Star here? What's really important to me? So say for Alicia, she says, I want to build a business that I'm proud of where I feel like I can express myself and that opens up the opportunity for me to make an income on my own terms. And then I say to Alicia, okay, what's the fear? What's the fear that's getting in the way? And so say the fear is like, oh, I, no one will ever care about my work. I'm not good enough. And then I'll say, is that fear supporting your North Star, your bigger vision? Or is that fear just trying to keep you safe or is it pulling you away from it? And if that, that fear doesn't serve anything, that fear is both not rooted in fact and doesn't serve what she truly wants for her life and how she wants to feel. And it's such a simplistic way of looking at it. Whereas if instinct said to her, for example, oh, I'm afraid that right now this collection I've created isn't up to the best standard that it could be for me. And if her brain's telling her like, because sometimes you get that instinct in business when you're like, Mm. I could have done this better. I need an extra couple of weeks before I put this on sale. If that instinct is like, you know what? I'm going to redo these and sell these ones in some discounted version. That's instinct, not fear. So I think it's finding a way to get to the practical heart of it, of what's the difference. But I find going back to what's my overarching goals and intentions here and does this thought support that or or kind of try and disrupt that and take me away from that that's how I try and get back to what is true and then if I'm like okay well this is just fear but I don't know how to move past that that's when I say to myself well what if I just try and get past it like nothing is stopping us taking action in the place of our fears and that when I remind myself of that it's quite scary and also empowering. There's nothing actually stopping us apart from the voice in our head screaming at us not to do it, but nothing is actually like chaining us and holding us back. And we can take a tiny baby step to start to quiet that one voice in our head to make the voice in our head that believes in us a little bit louder. So I have the perfect example of this in my real world this week, Um, the TikTok stuff. So I got the email from TikTok inviting me to do the work and like my prefrontal cortex, my big human brain was like, I can see that this is a great opportunity. It's a really good opportunity for me to experiment with TikTok, which has been on my list. I want to be able to talk about, 
you know, my experience of it when people ask me about it and also like what an opportunity to be new at something again and kind of embrace the public learning curve because that's been a while. So I said yes. And then as soon as I'd said yes, then my primitive brain started to speak up with all of the fear, all of it. Mm. And like I'm now on the other side of it. So it seems a bit ridiculous, but I was like sick with panic about having said yes to this there was a point where I was like I'm just gonna say no I'm just gonna run away from it I'm gonna make an excuse I'm gonna pull out all of those thoughts but I was able to really clearly see that I'd made the decision with like my human brain and that Mm. all of this other stuff that was coming up all of the fear all of the discomfort everything was coming from that that more much more primitive like trying to keep me safe place so all I had to do was set out what steps I needed to take in the week and just keep moving forward with them with the fear. I think a lot of the time we want to resist it or we want to get rid of it. And we think that it's a sign that we're doing something wrong if we feel horrible. But I was just like, okay, like this is going to feel scary. That's part of the process. And I find it really helpful to like really notice what fear feels like in my body. And it was like tightness in my chest. And it was like my heart was Mm -hmm. going a bit faster. And those things don't sound that bad when you kind of look at them that way. Like, can you work with a bit of tightness in your chest and your heart going a bit fast? I could. I could keep going. So I did. And I've come out the other side. And and it's not really the work. It's not what the work paid. It's not what I've created. What has been so beneficial to me about doing that this week is I've kind of... I feel like we've gone up a level in the video game. I've sort of like picked up another tool in that video game you mentioned. And so that now next time I'm in that situation, I can remember that I'm able to work through fear and it didn't kill me. It hasn't harmed me. It's not created any long-term damage to me. And like, I have learned so much from that process. Yeah. I mean, I think you just hit the nail on the head of what this journey is all about internally. Like, it gives us opportunities to get to know ourselves better and to become braver, more aligned versions of ourselves. That's what that opportunity gave to you. Like it, it was an opportunity for you to remind yourself of a certain feeling you probably haven't had to had for a while yeah. in your work. And it also, it topped up your belief tank because you saw what was capable for you. And I think it's, um, you're no more capable than anyone else listening to this of facing that and navigating our way through it with a caveat here of it's also okay if you'd have crashed and burned and just not been able to do it because oh god yeah and that's happened plenty of times too yeah like we're human beings who are capable of different things at different times but I really have to believe we are all capable of making brave choices at times in our lives and I think I I was journaling a few months ago when I was doing IVF and I wrote down to myself I was like I was having a lot of resistance within myself of just like I was I was pissed off that I had to do IVF because it's brutal and I wrote down I was like no one can do the hardest moments of our life for us and there's a tiny like my inner child wants people to do the hard moments of my life for me like I will avoid hard things because my inner child is just exhausted from all the hard things she had to go through and like I I sat with that and I think that's true in life I think that's true in work it's like no one can do the hardest moments of our life for us and it's that's on us you know what I mean? Like we will have people to support us. We can have guides, we can have friends, we can have family, we can find tools to support us, but only us can put that backpack on and walk up that mountain and find our way there and be okay with taking the wrong turn and going back. And I I think for Alicia, it's like, 
Only Alicia can show up for herself in this and gently find her way forward in a way that is rooted in belief more than it's rooted in fear. And I think there's practical steps she can take. I think she can get really clear on what she wants. She can get really clear on like, I think there's real power, especially at the stage Alicia is in, in making like a bit of a plan. Like even if just every month or for the next three months for a quarter, you like, this is what I'm going to try and do in this time. And here's some steps I'm going to take. And here's the courage it's going to ask of me to do that and how I'm going to chip away at that little by little. I think Alicia is currently spending a little too much time probably in her head. And if we can pull her into a bit of practical visualizing and action taking, that's going to show her brain and her heart more of what she's capable of than sitting in the fears ever could, I think. Yes. And well, like the prefrontal cortex is the only part of us that can plan. So that primitive part of our brain can't come in when we're planning, which is why lots of us are very good at being like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to start this exercise regime. I'm going to eat to this special special diet or make all these plans. And then when we show up to the moment with our primitive brain, all the resistance comes up. But sitting down and making that plan is the first step because you're tuning back into like what your higher self really wants, what the human part of you, instead of that kind of animal part of you, is really looking to create in the world. And I will say like, I have run from things so many times. You know, like the thing this week with TikTok, there's definitely been times when I've put myself in that situation and had to run because it was too much. But the work that you need to do will keep finding you. And you could run from this business, Alicia, and decide it's not the thing you want to tackle right now. But I think that these obstacles or this work that you need to do within yourself is going to find you again and again and again until you have the courage to say that you're going to tackle it because you are completely capable of it. Yeah, I'm a runner, like... Like not a runner is in on the streets. So. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, like my default is to run. And I actually think my business, probably along with my marriage, have been the two things in my life that have taught me what it means to stay the course. Because me and my husband laugh about this now. In our early years of our relationship, I just used to try and break up with him all the time. <laughs> and I think it was both that like insecure, like, let me see if he really loves me. But yeah. also like I, my brain used to go hard thing run because that was the only mm. way to save yourself. So I definitely had that flight response. And um, in business, my business has taught me how to stay. It's taught me steadiness. It's taught me as a side of myself that I never had any access to. And I share that to say like, business can be a really beautiful opportunity to learn more about yourself, to really show up for yourself, to really go on a journey of learning how to stay in the face of uncertainty and fear and discomfort and to realize like, oh, I remember the first episode we recorded for this podcast and I think it was the you're more capable than you think you are. Yeah. This feels like two years, has it been two years since we started? Two years later, kind of coming full back circle to that because that's what this, that's what we're trying to say to Alicia, like you are capable of anything you want to be capable of, even in the face of all these fears, because everyone has these fears in their own version of it. But you have a choice now. You have a choice whether to let them be behind the steering wheel or for you to gently, in whatever way you need to, whatever whatever tools, whatever guides, whatever, whatever you need to slowly choose something different for yourself. And that's the conversation I've had with myself over and over again when I've wanted to run and I've chosen to stay. And staying, whether it was in my business or my marriage or whatever, is just always been the most beautiful path I could have taken with the caveat of I also opted out of some things that would have never been good for me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I wonder for Alicia if she was brave enough to say to herself, what do I truly want here? And what am I not willing to stop me from 
walking the path that feels the most aligned with what feels true to her. And it's okay if that feels scary and if she needs support. And I think she knows because she's written this letter to us. Like it would be different if we wouldn't be saying any of this because it's it's not essential for everybody to start a business. But there's such a core message underneath all of those uncomfortable beliefs about herself that she does believe she's capable and she does want to create this in the world. And she sees that this is an opportunity for all of that for her. So now is the time, like what an amazing opportunity. Like this is the perfect work for her to be doing right now because it's found her and everything she wants is on the other side of these beliefs. Yeah. And I think what she needs most is to root for herself. You know, all those fears that she shared, all the things she says to herself in her head, that is her not rooting for herself. And again, there's so much compassion there because there's wounds within us that make us not root for ourselves. You know, whatever that is for each of us. We're not taught it either. Like I think, especially in the UK, but I suspect worldwide and especially maybe for women, like we're not really taught to have our own back ever. Or to believe in ourselves. Like it's a very British belief that like, you know, you shouldn't like yourself that much. You you shouldn't brag about that. You shouldn't take up that space. Like, well, like Alicia said, it's self-centered. It's self-centered to tell people like about your business. Tell them what you had for breakfast. Isn't that fascinating that we think that? Yeah. And it's, um, you know, the things we find jarring in other people is usually a sign of the things we don't allow for ourselves, which is interesting. Totally. And this is where I do think separating the business from from yourself is real. Like, I it's this thin line of like, how do I bring my values into my business and what I need as a human, but also separating my business from myself and not making it my identity so much that I don't know where I start and end in it all. And I, I really think for at least just getting some like practical business stuff down here could be really helpful in giving her some structure to function in where her fears and her thoughts aren't making the decisions for her. I completely agree. This is like something we do a lot in 15 Minute Magic because every day you're kind of given a thing to do. And sometimes people start the course and they think it's just about doing the thing. They're like, okay, so I'm going to make a Pinterest graphic or I'm going to like send a newsletter to my email list. And they get really caught up in the result. But actually where the magic happens is in having like a small measurable step of action and showing up and experiencing the discomfort and seeing it through to the end and then being able to be like, did that serve me? What do I want to keep? What do I want to not keep repeating? And like seeing how showing up for yourself consistently day after day in these small incremental steps builds this like relationship of trust in yourself and trust in your own instincts and your beliefs so that when a prompt comes up and you look at it and you're like, that's not right for me, you know that that's true instead of you just hiding from something that challenges you too much. Yeah, that is a beautiful actual like manifestation of the business journey there where you just described, you know, that journey of like trying things out, facing discomfort, sense checking what's right for us, what's not like, that's the journey we're all going on, whether whether they're going on it through 15 minute magic review or they're going on it in their own way, like that is the journey of figuring out how to do this and finding our home in it and finding our feet in it. And I think for Alicia, everything you're saying and everything you're feeling is so normal. <laughs> and so human and it also it doesn't define what's possible for you next and what you're capable of next and I think my biggest encouragement for you today would be let's get out of your head a little bit and into the business and into your journey and what you want from this even if that's something just as simple as being like spending some time with what your north star is like what you really want and it's okay if you start off with a more comfortable dream do you know like you've had the impossible dream this year Sarah is that what it's called yeah yeah 
I think impossible like and I remember when you told me the concept I'm like that makes sense for you because you've already made the impossible like you never set out to dream what you've already built do you know what I mean yeah I got to the end of my like to dream list and I needed something new (laughs) but when we're just starting out sometimes I actually think for some of us if our brain works this way it's really helpful to have like a starter dream does that make any sense yeah 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 like maybe for Alicia her first dream is just you know what my goal right now is to feel more confident and focused in my business and to be actively living in the work I want to be doing in this work I just I just want to be doing it so I'm spending less time thinking and criticizing myself and maybe for her it's like I want to be able to talk to people about this work without knocking it down I remember once years ago I had a client and she kept calling her like business like on my thing like my silly little thing Mm. and I said to her I was like we gotta find a new way for you to describe this because every time you say that you are telling yourself that this isn't worthy of taking up meaningful space in the world. So whatever, like if Alicia can get clear on what her current like North Star is and then drill that down into actual action and intentions for this season of her life, I think it might help her not just get out of her head, but take all these fears and find intentional ways to work with them instead of just them getting in the way. And in the specific question about like, how do I promote my business when I don't like to talk about myself? I think that's really coming at marketing from a more grounded, centered place, rooted in the values of your business. Asking yourself, how do I want to make people feel? What kind of relationship do I want to build with my audience? Even if you just spend a few weeks looking around you, what you like and what you don't like, and then taking a tiny step, it's all figure outable. It's just choosing to get in the mess of it instead of standing on the outside, worried that we don't know how to figure it out. And and it might be that Alicia needs some guidance here, whether that's with a book or an ebook or a class or whatever. It might be that she needs to find something that resonates with her. And there's so much free content out there on the internet as well she might really benefit from a guide up the mountain even if that's someone's like free ebook to help her connect to herself more and find a way forward I could see how that could be really helpful for someone like Alicia yeah definitely and that's that line isn't it where like you absolutely can use those guides to help you but it's about sense checking all the way and taking the stuff that's useful to you and not feeling obliged to apply anything that's not and the best way to learn that is to practice it and to kind of take on board what's out there that's useful to you and figure out where it fits into what you're doing. I guess my final thing I would say to Alicia is I think she's right on track. I think all of these feelings yeah. that she's feeling, this is not something going wrong. This is exactly what she's supposed to feel at the start of this venture. And writing this letter shows to me that she's already looking in the right directions and she's moving in the right direction. So she can trust herself. She's already got those instincts in her business. She already does know what she needs to do next. It's just going to be about trusting herself and giving herself permission to try. Yeah. And it being okay with it feeling not how you think it should feel. Like we we don't have to feel 100% confident to take steps forward in our lives. Sometimes we just have to be like, it's that really cliche book, right? Like be, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and it's true. And I think a lot of us have kind of been sold this lie, possibly by Instagram, <laughs> like girl bosses, that it's going to feel amazing all the time. And so we kind of get up in the morning, we're like, well, I don't feel empowered and hashtag girl boss on my stationery is not rose gold. <laughs> So clearly I'm not ready. I'll have to just wait another day and see if it happens tomorrow. And I have to say everything I've shown up for in my business that's been big and important has felt kind of gross. My hair probably could have done with a wash and my stationery was like stuff I'd pulled out of all this cupboard and it happened anyway. So stop waiting for it to feel perfect and just get to work with what you have right now. Yeah, and do it for yourself more than anything else because there's a piece of you that wants this. There's something within you that is creative. There's something within you that wants to share 
your work with the world and share a piece of you with the world and you you're worthy of that like people don't start businesses or start creative projects for the sake of it it's because there's something within themselves that they want to bring to life or there's a vision they have for their life that they want to make possible so do it for yourself and let um just know that you're worthy of that and that you're allowed to take up this space and know that it's okay if it's a winding crazy emotional roller coaster between at times but don't feel like you have to go at it alone find guides if they can help you but make sure that you are always behind the steering wheel and probably maybe don't don't look at your cousin's instagram for a while <laughs> <laughs> you maybe mute mute your cousin for a bit and just get to work blowing your own mind because i i can see like this is where everybody starts and i always get kind of get goosebumps when people describe this point in their business because you can see it's like the first step on such an amazing path for them and i reckon a year from now what alicia believes is possible for her is going to be completely different to right now completely i can't wait to see where her journey takes her please stay in touch alicia yeah keep us posted if you would like to send a letter to us, our website is lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and you can tweet or Instagram about the conversation today to keep it going with our hashtag DearHopefulCreative. Yeah, we can't wait to dive into some more questions, so definitely send them over if you've got something you'd love to dive into on the show. And yeah, just thank you for listening. And as always, I hope you're all safe and well and doing okay in these crazy times. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at jencarrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.